Well, good evening, everybody. We are uh, thrilled to have you with us on uh, this Sunday evening. We are in the, uh, the, the third of our series, Life, Money, and Hope, God's Way Works. And we'll get into that in just a second. Um, I did want to point out um, this connection card. And we've had them in there before, and I've pointed you all to them before, but these are different um, now. Um, we changed them just a little bit. And this is something that if you are a first-time guest, we would love to have your information. We're not going to hassle you, I promise, because I hate hassling. Um, I hate when churches hassle. We went to a church in Fort Worth when I was in seminary, and uh, I ended up working there, uh, and, and I heard what they did. Uh, for first-time guests, one, they would make them stand up. They'd say, if you're a first-time guest, would you stand up? Worst idea ever, right? I mean, that is like, you know, just like awkwardness. And then, so they'd track you down, they'd get your information, um, and, uh, and they, they would bring you a, a loaf of bread. They'd show up at your house and they said, we loaf that you came by. I know, I really wanted to stop working after I found out they did that. I'm like, you know what, I'm out. Uh, I got better things to do. So we are not going to hassle you. Um, but one other thing on, on here today is uh, the prayer requests down at the bottom. Those pink prayer request cards that you may be familiar, familiar with are going away. Um, and so this is how we will do the prayer requests. And what we will do is um, once we get them, we'll separate these prayer requests, <laughs> chop them off with our big chopper, um, and hand them out to the prayer team, unless it is for pastor, pastor only, things like that. So we're going to handle the prayer requests this way. And then right above the prayer request, you'll see uh, my decision today. Um, and this is something that if you have been coming here for, for uh, the recent few past months, you'll know that I am driving more towards this. Um, I'm committing my life to Christ. I'm renewing my commitment to Christ. I would like to talk to a ministry team member. These are things that when the offertory plate goes by, check these off and let us know and stick it in there. Um, if you give your life to Christ for the first time, we're not gonna hassle you. We're gonna, I'm gonna send you a letter, a personal letter, and just say, man, I'm so excited. Here are some next steps, but that's all you're gonna hear from me. I'm not gonna call you and hound you and go, hey, what have you done about that lately? You know, um, That is not in my personality. Um, same thing with renewing uh, the commitment or talking to one of us. So there's that uh, ministry uh, connection card, and I just wanted you to be aware of those changes. Now, we are the third week of this series, our financial series. And we do a financial series every time, every year at this time of year. And the reason we do this, we talk about finances or generosity or something around that, um, is, is one, because as you come into the holiday season, more and more of this is out there, right? I mean, you have more opportunities to spend your money and more people are asking you to give your money. And so it is right for, um, for a church to speak to that, um, mainly because Jesus talked about it a whole lot, like more than anything else. He talked about stuff and money and possessions. And, and so it is impo an important part of it. And really, we're commanded um, as pastors, uh, there's this pastoral letter we'll get into a little bit, but we used it last year in the, in the Be Rich series, um, to talk about this and to train folks on how to navigate these waters. And, and there's so many different things out there, right? There's so many different ways that you can handle finances. Um, but the, the basic thing is this, that God's way works. And that's, that's the tagline for this sermon series, Life, Money, and Hope. And it's, it's God's way works. And we got this from um, the, the book of Haggai is where uh, the overarching thing came from. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways because there's so many different ways, but God's way is the one that works, right? Give careful thought to your ways, God is saying. He says, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, 
but you never have enough. Now, now listen to the emptiness of these, of these descriptions. Because what, it, what the Lord is saying is like, you're always striving after this stuff. You're always eating. You're always trying to clothe. You're always trying to drink. But you're empty. What you're doing is leaving you with a sense of emptiness. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're never warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Really think about it. And so two Sundays ago, we started with those five principles, kind of um, looking at your, your earning, your spending, your saving, your investing, and your giving. And, and, and what does it look like from a financial planner's type perspective? But then let's go beyond those numbers. And, and what does God say about those things? And then last week we talked about you know, sometimes in life, you, you get to a point where you're desperate because of, if it's a financial situation, things that happened to you or decisions that you made that led you down this path. Or, or really what we talked about last week is the message last week wasn't just about finances. It was about everything. It was about relationships. It was about emotions. It was about all sorts of difficulties that we might have in our lives. And in those moments where we just go off center a little bit for a long time leads us way off center. And we find ourselves as the psalmist said, in a trap, not able to get out. And God is saying, and that is when I am right there. I am the hope that you have. And today I want to take it um, an, an, another step and, and kind of talk about the, the, the giving side of it. And, and maybe a reason why we have something in the first place. In, in Timothy, uh, this First Timothy 6, it's up there on the board, it says, command those who are rich in this present world. So Paul's writing to Timothy, a pastor, and he's like, this is what you need to do to your folks. Command them who are rich in this present world. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, oh, sweet, he's talking about rich people. I don't need to listen. But if you were here last year for the Be Rich series, you may remember some of the stats, that if your combined household income is $48,000 a year, you are in the 1% of the world. Congratulations, you're a one percenter, right? And, and, and I talked about it, you know Jeff Foxworthy, do y'all remember, I was doing a, a riff off of his You Might Be a Redneck If. I was doing You Might Be a Rich Person If You've Ever Stood in Front of Your Closet Full of Clothes and Said, I Have Nothing to Wear, right? That's a rich person problem, you know? And, and, or, or maybe you're sitting at home and, and the digital, the, the direct TV guy said he was gonna be there at this time frame and he's not there yet and you're getting really frustrated because your TV's not working, that's a rich person <laughs> problem. I was really thinking about it today, um, or yesterday when I was thinking about today, and all the football stuff that I was sitting out on my patio with my iPad and YouTube television watching football while I was cooking a steak. And it took me back to, it was, I used this um, example, this illustration last year during this Be Rich series. And so you may remember it, but I don't know where I was going. I know I was coming home and it was a Monday night. It was right before we did the Be Rich series. And, and I get on a Southwest plane and um, it was either Southwest or Delta, I can't remember really, but I'm getting on this flight and they had a television and free entertainment, in-flight entertainment, right? So they're trying to take care of you for the hours that you're up there. It was a Monday night and the Texans were playing football. And I'm like, sweet, I got to sit on the plane and watch football the entire way home. This is going to make this flight so much better. So we take off. I dial into the Texans. I'm watching it and I have my, I had a little issues with my headphones, but I got them working and it was like, all right, great. And all of a sudden it goes dark. I'm like, 
dude. And I start hitting it. I start pushing buttons and I'm looking around to see if anyone has pushed the flight attendant button because we have an emergency on the plane right now, right? There is football on. I'm 30,000 feet in the air and I can't watch it. Rich person problem, right? The problem is most of us, the reason we say, oh, I'm not rich, but I know some rich people is we don't feel rich. We, we, don't, we don't experience it that way. Because, well, maybe one, two Sundays ago, we haven't set ourselves up in such a way to give us margin. Or maybe last Sunday, we've done some things that have allowed us to fall into a trap. But, but maybe it's our perspective's wrong. And we need to begin to see why we are rich. Because I, I believe that God wants us to be. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, you, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Jesus became poor so that by his poverty you could be rich. Now some of you are getting a little worried right now, thinking that I'm dancing very precariously close to the prosperity gospel. Let me tell you, I don't believe in that. The prosperity gospel is about God wants me to be rich for me for my pleasure, for my enjoyment. This is not what Paul is saying. In fact, Paul takes it another step and he says, you will be made rich in every way, not just financially, financially, but emotionally, with your ideas, relationally. You'll be, you'll be rich in the talents that God has given you in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. See, God wants us to be rich so that we can be generous. God wants us to pray for more than we need so that we can give to those who have need. God wants us to use the richness of the gifts and the talents and the resources that he has given us to bring the kingdom of heaven now. That's why he wants us to be rich. And he wants us to give and to be generous and to be intentional about how we give. And so, in just a moment, I'm going to tell you three ways that I think you can plan to intentionally be generous. But before that, I want to tell you some opportunities that we as a church have provided you during this season. Because this time of year, we, we begin to talk about this. And, man, I've already gotten a whole bunch of letters from different charities that want me to give money. And I have different opportunities. And next week, our angel tree is going to be in the narthex. And I'm very excited about the angel tree. And, um, you know, the angel tree is where we... We, we reach out to, I think, five schools this year, including our own school, which is really awesome. I love that we're including our, some of the families and teachers from our school um, of, of families that have needs. And so we're gonna, they're going to be on there. And, and you know the drill. Like you go and you take a little angel and has a, a child's name and all that stuff. And you come in and you, you just buy things that they can't and provide for them a, a Christmas that, that they can't provide for themselves. And, you know, this time of year, I, start, I haven't had it yet, um, but I know that in the next couple of weeks, I will start getting phone calls from um, sometimes members of the church, but a lot of times members of the community that I know who know that I'm a pastor. And they're like, hey, uh, Michael, you know, my family or uh, a group of families or um, my office, you know, it's the holiday season and, and we want to do something. We want to give back. And, and they call me because they're like, you know, poor people. 
Um, you know, how can, who can we do this for? Do you have any families that we can take care of? You, and, and a lot of times I'm laughing and I'm like, where were you the other 11 months of the year, brother? You know, like they had need every, every one of those months, but I get it. I understand why, because this time of year, we kind of start thinking about these things. And so what we want to do is, is to give you some opportunities because you might be thinking about them as well. One of them is the angel tree, but, but another one is coming up on December 1st. And so I, I want you to, uh, to have this, this information. Um, oh, man, got ahead of myself. So <laughs> Timothy, uh, Paul finishes this, command those who are rich in this present world to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, to be good rich people. This is what the command is. And, and so last year, our sermon series was based off a book by Andy Stanley called Be Rich. And, and so we created Be Rich Sunday. And it was a Sunday uh, that we, we had a ministry fair, a Christmas market down in Fellowship Hall. And there's a whole bunch of booths set up. And, and we had different local ministries and international ministries and different ministries opportunities around the church set up to give you information. And what we did on that Sunday is um, we took everything that was given in the offertory plate, everything that was given down there, and everything that came in online or in mail during that week. Because a lot of people give other ways than just here on Sunday. And we... You didn't give to the church on that Sunday. You gave through the church. All that money went straight out to those ministries, to bless those ministries who do things that we can't do. We used to do them, but we can't any longer. We're not set up that way. The church, uh, not just St. Andrews, but the church isn't set up to function in the way that some of these parachurch ministries function. And so we want to support them in the work that they do. One of those is Agape. Agape last year, we, they, they work in our community. They feed our neighbors. They clothe our neighbors. They take care of some of the bills of our neighbors who have fallen on hard times. And they do just amazing stuff. Sunday mornings, we do uh, typically, especially during the traditional service, kids will come up and they'll bring a food offering. And we've been doing this for three and a half years now. And we take this food to Agape and they just, they love it. And periodically we'll, we'll collect things. Right now, you may have noticed the clothes rack back there with all the coats on it. And we're collecting coats for kids. You know, little kids who are, who are little bitty size and then, you know, kids the size of my son, right? Because kids come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And, and Agape, I don't know if I told you all this story the other night, but, um, you know, they didn't know we were doing this. And, and Sharon Alloy and Natalie Jones were like, hey, we want to collect these coats and, and give them to Agape. And so they, they called, Natalie called and said, hey, this is what we're doing and we want to deliver these. And they just were like, oh, my gosh. We were just praying about this because we needed this to happen. We needed someone to step up and do it, and, and you're already doing it. So on Thursday, I was here, and um, two ladies show up, and I was sitting in uh, one of the offices messing with uh, one of our motion sensor lights that don't work ever. Those things are horrible. I don't know if you all have those in your offices, but they're so bad. And so I had little, my little uh, readers on because I had taken it apart which is really a great sign, right? And I had a screwdriver, you know, and I'm just fiddling around in there trying to flip switches and stuff. And, and I'm sitting on a chair and this lady comes in, she goes, hello, you know, into our new offices. And I'm like, hello. And she comes around the corner, she goes, um, and she looks at me, she goes, do you work here? And, and I went, well, kinda, it depends on what you need. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I never answer that question right up front. Um, and, and so she goes, well, I'm here to, to meet Virginia and, and everything. And, and I come to find out that she's from the Agape ministry and they're here to pick up the coats. I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Um, Cause I know how many we have. Um, I don't know the number, but I saw the ginormous black trash bags that were crammed full of coats. That they were like 
struggling to carry into the office. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. And, and so they come out and we hand her bag after bag after bag of these coats. And she's like, we're gonna need a cart to take them out to, the tr- to her car. And I'm like, yes, we'll get this done. They were so overwhelmed by that because it was something that, that someone did to let them do ministry. This is why we do Be Rich Sunday. And so on December 1st, and the reason I'm giving you two weeks notice is because I want you to pray about it. Pray about what you all can give. Pray about what you want to give to those ministries um, that we are going to support on Be Rich Sunday. Um, This is a conversation that we are going to have at my house, a conversation that we're gonna have with our children. What do you wanna give out of the money that you have towards Be Rich to, to go out and do something good in our community or in the world? And I'll tell you this, that in December, the church takes in a third of its operating budget for the year. The month of December, it's a pretty big month for us. But we're taking one of those Sundays and giving it all away. Why? Because one, we trust that God will provide. And two, we believe that this is that important. That we would rather skip a Sunday in our biggest month and give it away and let people know that the church still cares. Because that's the bottom line, is we need to be a place that if we were gone, the neighborhood and community would hurt. If we weren't here, there would be suffering. If the church didn't exist, the world would be worse off. That's not always the case, but we need to return to that. And so uh, what I ask you is, can we beat, last year uh, we did $25,000 on that one Sunday, which is just amazing. Um, and, and that is something to, to say hallelujah and praise God for. That was a huge Sunday that was so awesome. When we gave the check to Agape, they were so floored and overwhelmed. The guy kept calling me to, to take me to lunch. I'm like, I don't want to go to lunch uh, with you. Like, I just, we just want to thank you for doing what you do. God loves you. Um, and so do we. Which leads me to my second thing. So be rich Sunday, December 1st. Pray about that. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Get over it. Um, everybody will be back in town anyway. Uh, so the, the second thing is um, random acts of kindness. We want to we, we want to encourage you um, to do something for someone else. And so we created these cards right here. And on the front of the card it says something extra to show you God loves you. And on the back it has our shield and it says and so do we. And so what we want you to do is we have a whole bunch of these in the narthex that the ushers will hand you on your way out. And we want you to take just a handful or something of them. And we want you to bless somebody. We don't want you, you don't need to sit down and tell them, there you go. We don't need you to sit down and just tell them like, hey, do you know who Jesus is? Or anything? That's not what this is. This is something like you go tomorrow and you're pressed for, I know none of you drive through and go to fast food restaurants, but maybe one day you do, right? And you just have an off day and you're driving through a drive-through restaurant and you go up to the window and you're like, hey, I wanna pay for the car behind me. Would you give them this card and pay for the person behind you? If you're in a coffee line, do the same thing. Pay for the next person's coffee and just hand the card and go, hey, would you hand this card to the person? Something extra to show you God loves you and so do we, right? So maybe you, uh, maybe you have an office and, and tomorrow morning you get up early and you go to Shipley's and you get a, a dozen hot Shipley's donuts, right? Come on, everybody, a little proof that Jesus loves you right there. You know, and you just drop it in the workroom and a whole bunch of these cards right there and you walk away. You don't need to say anything, just a little something extra to show you God loves you. Or maybe tonight you're gonna to go out to dinner after this and you're like, you know, we're gonna to go to, uh, I, I don't know, Paloma Blanca or something. And, and, uh, and, and you go into Paloma and, and you, you see your, your waiter that's, that's there and who's taking a good care of you or whatever. And, and you just leave them a, a honking tip, 
right? Not like a, not like a little, you know, just a good tip, but a tip where he's like, this has got to be a mistake. And you leave this card with you, a little something extra to show you that God loves you. And so do we, right? Do you, do you remember there was about five years ago, I think it was, that there was a, a lady in Florida, she's a, a waitress in Florida who posted on Instagram a receipt um, and, a, and, a, and a, a tip that someone had given her with a message on it. And the tip, I, I can't remember how much the bill was, but it was like 50, 60, 70 dollars. And the tip was two dollars. Um, and, and the message was uh, that, that something to the effect that God loved her but wanted her to try harder. I know, that is horrible. And she posted it, and like people were bashing the church. And she was from Florida, and the pastor, it was a pastor and his wife. Uh, we're from Florida and, and, you know, nothing good really comes from Florida is my theory on this, but, um, you know, the hurricanes and Miami and, um, but you, you have, and it was just, and I remember seeing this and I was embarrassed to be a pastor. I was embarrassed to be part of a church. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not who we are. I can't believe this is getting publicity. Let's take that back, right? And somebody gets a big old honking tip and they post it and they're like, man, I don't even know who these people are. And I don't know if I will ever know who they are, but they said that God loves me. How cool would that be? And so I want you to take these and be creative with it. And I want you to take a few of them. But the first act that I want you to do is for your family. Do something to show your family that God loves them and so do you. Do something a little extra, not something that you always do for them, but just go an extra mile for them. And then by the end of this week, I want you to do something in the community. Just do something to blow someone's, and you don't even have to tell anybody about it. If it. But this is so fun when you get to do something like this. I don't know if you've ever done something like this, but it's just, I, I've paid for some cars behind me in a drive-thru at uh, Taco La, La, La Vierta. What is that thing over there? Taqueria Vierta, thank you. Um, a couple of times, and I just get giddy with it. I'm like, how much is that, $50? No, what's the next card? 20? No, I'll, play for, I'll pay for that one, right? Uh, <laughs> and, but how awesome is it when you get to do something like that? So. Grab some of those on your way out. So you have Be Rich Sunday, the Acts of Kindness. And then the next thing is, I want you to begin to pray about who you can invite to Christmas services. We have our next week is our last week in this life, money, and hope. And, and then we begin the December 1st, Be Rich Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. And we're doing four uh, sermons, the four Sundays of Advent, on um, the names of Jesus uh, that come from the book of Isaiah. Uh, wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, uh, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. On, on those four things, and we're going to talk about that. As we all know, when we get closer to Christmas, church attendance rises. More people come as you get closer to the birth of Jesus because they're a little bit more worried about Christmas than they realized. Um, but people are more open and more open to hearing the gospel message. People are very open to hearing the gospel message on Christmas Eve. This year, we're having three Christmas Eve services, a three o'clock, which will be traditional, and a five and a seven, which will be contemporary services. We would love for you to begin to pray about who can you invite. Now, you may not even be here. I will invite you, my dear. You may not even be here for that service. And that's fine. Just invite them. Say, hey, we want you to go check this thing out. Man, I already have my, service, uh, my, my sermon for that night. Um, and I'm very excited about it. It's great. It's not going to tie into the names of Jesus. It's going to launch us forward into something different. But I'm very excited about it. And, and what, here's the thing is if you've gone to the growth track, and you've gone specifically to step one, you will know this, that there are certain things that I can't do and certain things that you can't do. Now, what I can't do is know all the people that you know. You know a ton of people. 
You know so many different people that I will never come into contact with. You're in relationship with them. And what you can't do is stand up here and deliver a message that is compelling and engaging and leading people to Christ. Don't hear that as cockiness coming from me. That's where God has called me, right? And that's what he's asked me to do. And so our hope is that our worship team, which you laugh the loudest, drummer boy over there, um, that our worship team and us, we plan a service that we hope is engaging so much to someone that they're willing to give their lives to Jesus. Knowing God is the most important thing that our church can do is introduce people to God. And so what we want you to do is begin to pray about how can you bring someone in to hear that message during this Christmas season when people are already more receptive than they are normally. So those three things. But... You can't do it without planning. You can't do it without sitting down and really having a thought. Paul goes on to say, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What you have decided, what you have planned. This is not about spontaneity. This is... This is about spontaneity, but giving is bigger than this because if we limit it to just this kind of thing, we will give so much less than maybe God wants us to and maybe that we're capable of. So we need to have some sort of plan in how we attack giving. Pray about this. And there are, ask these three questions. The relationship question, who will I commit to relationally? In order to figure out who you're going to give to, you, you need to think about who you are going to commit to relationally. Who do you have a relationship with? Because, because giving is, when you give to something that you're disconnected with, it, it's, it's one thing. But, but giving to something you care about or are involved in is something totally different. And you get more power in life from that. When you have a connection to something. I, I was, as I was sitting there yesterday, I started early in the afternoon sitting outside watching football and and my in-laws took Gracie for a little bit. They went to Whataburger and, I don't know, Great Clips or something. They did their little rounds. And, and so I had this alone time, you know, and I was just sitting there. It was, it was awesome. It was beautiful weather. I'm watching, um, it wasn't the Baylor game yet. It was another game. And, and I had a glass of wine. I'm just, I mean, just enjoying the day. And Lucy, our labradoodle, starts going nuts. I, I got the doors open and everything. And I'm like, oh, no, surely she's not back yet. You know, I love her, but, you know, sometimes they come back too soon. And, and I'm like, oh, man, I need some me time. And, um, and I get up, and I'm, so I go in, and I walk, and I see these two girls standing at our front door. I'm like, ugh. And I recognize one of them. And they're holding papers. And I go, ugh. And it's, I know what it's going to be. They're hitting me up for money, right? And, and so I go to the door, and I open the door, and, hi, Mr. Crocker. Hi, Caroline. How's it going? And in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't have gotten up. Um, you know, I should have just sat there and waited to see. But I get up, and she's like, hey, well, you know, we're having our holiday basket raffle for the Spurs dance team. And I'm like, that's great. You know, the Alma Heights Spurs dance team. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And she goes, would you like to buy some tickets like you did last year? Good sales pitch, by the way, right there. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Yeah. How much are they? $5. Okay. I don't have any cash. Um, let me go see if I can find some cash. And that was a true statement. I didn't have anything on me and so, and I, or, or in my wallet. And I go, but I know where Jenna hides her money. 
I confessed to this earlier. She's heard this story already. So I know where she has a little stash of money, like her go bag, I guess, essentially, and when she's finally had enough of me. And I go in there. She's not getting very far. Uh, but uh, what, what I, I went in there, and I found uh, she had a wad of $5 bills and a couple of 20s. And I'm like, they're $5 each. I'll grab two. So I grabbed 10 bucks. And some of you are like, you're such a cheapskate. But let me get there. So I grabbed two, two of the $5 bills. And I walk out, and I was like, hey, Caroline, this is what I could find. Um, in my head, I'm going, please leave. I don't want to do any of this. And she goes, okay, thanks. And, and I'm like, so do I get the tickets? She goes, oh, yeah. And she tears them off and hands me the tickets. And I'm like, do I need to write my name on anything? Like, the, this is, these are the tickets that I have? She goes, oh, no, I'll take care of that. So I will never see those, uh, even if I win. Never going to happen, right? The reason I gave to her is because I knew her. I had a relationship with her. And that's the reason why, I, because I, I've known her for many years, and, and we don't connect very often, but, you know, I, I had a relationship with her. It was a $10 relationship, right? It wasn't a $100 relationship. I wasn't that deep into it, right? It, but, you know, I knew her well enough to say, you know what, you're doing a good job, and I know this is hard for you, so I just want to support you a little bit in how it is. When you have a relationship, it changes how you see things and view things. In fact, the, the psalmist says this. He says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts, when you find a place, and St. Andrews may not be your place, by the way. St. Andrews, you may have come here for a little bit or maybe a first time, you're like, eh, this isn't really my thing. That's great, go find one and get planted. Go find a place where you can be planted and you can invest your time, your resources, your prayers, your energy, everything that you have. And when you do that, God says you will flourish. So um, the relationship is huge. The second question is this, and I'm gonna speed up here as y'all came up early. Um, <clears throat> will it make an eternal difference? Will, will where you are giving make a difference eternally? Because not all charities are the same. There's a lot of charities that do wonderful things and that feed people. But if you feed people without offering them Jesus, you're losing the battle. You're losing in the long run. Social justice without spiritual justice is wrong. Spiritual justice without social justice, just as wrong. And so we need to walk those hand in hand. And you need to pray about what are those areas that I give money to? Where are those places and those institutions that I support and that I pour money into? Does it make a difference eternally? If I am called to be a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, and I'm called to bring the gospel message with me and to shout from the mountaintop and tell it to the masses, then where I give my money needs to make an eternal difference. Now, I realize that that doesn't happen in everything, and so there may be some places that you give. There's a couple places that Jen and I give that aren't necessarily eternally focused. We don't give a whole lot of money there. We spend more of our time on the things that are going to last forever. We want to feed people both food and the bread of life. Will it make an eternal difference? And the third question you need to ask is the God question. Um, and, and the question is, um, what is God saying to me? Is he speaking to me about this opportunity? Is he speaking to me about where to give? And, and for some of you, you don't ever talk to God. And you're like, well, that's not uh, how I was raised, or, or God doesn't talk to me. And let me just jump out in front and say, yes, the, yes, he does. God speaks to every single one of us. Now, he sounds like me. Well, I mean, maybe not to you, right? He sounds like me to me. Because a lot of you are like, I don't know what he sounds like. It'd be awesome if he sounded like Morgan Freeman all the time, right? James Earl Jones, maybe, or, or uh, George Burns, for those of you who are older folks. Um, 
But God sounds like you. God is going to speak in the voice you're most familiar with. And the voice you're most familiar with is yours. And so a lot of times when God is speaking to you, it'll sound like something that you would say, but maybe just a little crazy and a little bigger than what you wanted to do. Those are the moments where God is like, if you just trust me. For some people, the back of their, their neck, the little hairs stand up. For others, people, I have a friend whose stomach gets sick and she feels like she's gonna throw up. I'm like, I'm so glad God didn't talk to me that way. It's horrible. That's a hurl, Jesus is coming. For others, it's a feeling, it's sweaty palms. Or for me, it is literally my voice in my head. It's hard to decipher the crazy sometimes from the godly because there's a lot of voices. But you're not going to hear him if you don't ask. You're not going to hear him about anything in your life if you're not open to him speaking. And so, and so maybe when you, if you go out to dinner tonight before you go, hey God, we're, we're going to Paloma Blanca, anything you want? Like not queso or nachos, but like anything you want from me while I go in there? Do you want me to be aware of anything as I walk into this room? Of any person? God, I'm, I'm going home from work and I'm about to enter into the craziness of my household. Is there anything you want me to be aware of? Is there anything you want from me? Whatever situation you're going to, wherever you're walking into, whatever phone call you're about to have, you can stop for a brief moment and say, God, are you in this? And where do you want me to be in this? never going to speak to you if you don't listen. You're never going to hear him if you don't listen. He's always going to speak. So be open. Be open to hearing God's voice. Be open to saying, you know what? This is what I want you to do with this card today. Maybe already in your mind, you're like, I can't wait. This is going to be so exciting and fun. Or maybe you're already thinking about Be Rich Sunday and you already kind of have an idea. Or maybe it's Christmas Eve and in those services and you have some folks that you wanna bring in. Or maybe you're just sitting down as a family and you're like, all right, we really need to be more intentional about our generosity, about how we give. We need to be good, rich people. So the question I think you really need to ask tonight is, Lord, what do you want from me? the Sunday school answer is I want all of you. Narrow that down. Say, Lord, what does that look like? What does that look like in my life right now? What does that look like for our family? How can we be more intentionally generous with all that you have given us. When you begin to ask those questions, watch out. Because he's going to answer them. When you walk into those answers, you will find more joy than any time you held back. If you doubt me on that, try it. Just once. And then let me say, I told you so. I told you so, let us pray. Awesome, that's a horrible lead into prayer. 
Father, we thank you and praise you so much for the ways that you've created us. God, I thank you so much for the, the way that you have moved, you move in all of our lives, the way that you continually speak to us. God, some of us feel like we can't hear from you. We don't know what your voice sounds like. God, for those that have those, those fears that if they listen, they won't hear, shout into their ears tonight, shout into their hearts, shout into the very core of who they are, your voice, your truth, that their lives matter and have purpose, that they're beloved by you, that you have something amazing planned for them if they would just say yes. So God, let us open our hearts and our ears and listen for your voice and have the courage and the discipline that when we hear you, we may step into the path you have for us. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name.